Hello everyone, welcome to today's podcast. I've decided to start this podcast to share some just interesting points and some um, things I've found about Jesus. Um, today we're going to be talking about ways um, God talks to us and kind of how to hear it. Um, I hope you enjoy listening, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Um, I'm going to be reading a few things from Lee Vendon's book called It's All About Him. Um, Lee Vendon is an American pastor or evangelist, one of the two. Um, I'm just going to be reading a few things about them and discussing them. So the first thing we're going to be reading is called Hearing the Shepherd. Um, so I was going to read this and then um, I'll kind of talk a bit about um, what it kind of says to me or what I kind of get from it. What can we do to receive more of what he wishes to share? In John 10, 2-5, Jesus says, The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. That was read from the New International Version. In John 10, 14, Jesus continues, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That was also read in the New International Version. I am struck by the fact that the sheep know his voice and that he calls them by name. If his sheep know his voice, then his voice would have to be familiar to them. They'd have to have heard it before. Sheep grow accustomed to the shepherd's voice by being daily in his presence. We need daily fellowship with the good shepherd if we are going to recognize his voice. As we spend time with Jesus... We can learn to hear him speaking and discover that he often uses nature, providential circumstances, music, people, scripture, inspired reading material and impressions in our own mind to communicate with us. And an old song includes these lines. When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere somewhere listening for my name. I'd like to consider some of the ways we can listen for the voice of Jesus through these various mediums of expression. But just before I do, let me plug in for journaling. So, we are going to... Um, 
look at journaling possibly in a, another um, episode. Today we're just going to be looking at the ways that he has listed here for um, the ways he speaks to us. Um, he pretty much just says that journaling is a good way to write things down. Um, really good Bible verses that you really enjoy or times that God has spoken to you so that you can remember and share with others the great things that he has done for us and the way he has talk, talked to us. Um, so, pretty much a very big important part of listening to him is that we have to be tuned in and to be tuned in we have to spend time with him daily as Lee said um, and that's just not really having really a devotional you know those two minute devotionals because that's not really spending time with him you can't you have to think of him as a friend that you know your eye see in person um, like our really best friends that we see and you know we can just talk for ages to them we have to think of him something like that and i don't mean like you know talk to him all day but you know don't just quickly read something quick hey i've had my worship that's not really spending time with him um we have to um spend appropriate amount of time um before we can really um, get to hear him. Uh, and also another point that we will be looking at in another episode as well is the fact that you have to um, you have to try and have it your studies or time with him before you really get into your day. Like um, it's a bit like if you have snow or um, if you put out ice in the hot sun. Uh, worship is kind of like ice if you, it's in the hot sun. So if you put ice out in the hot sun, it melts pretty quick. And if you try and have worship during like the middle of the day or during breakfast or after breakfast while, you know, while there's so much stuff around you, you're not really going to be focusing or concentrating. You'll just melt and you won't really get that full connection. So if you have worship with him in the morning and you can wake up, you know, at any time, but you can go, you can ask God to wake you up in the morning so you can have special time with him. Um, so you can... You can spend that time that he wants to spend with you. Um, and so now we're going to see some of the ways that Lee has listed here that he can talk to us. We're going to start with nature. Recently I was troubled by a number of things that seemed overwhelming to me. I couldn't seem to stop worrying about them. I live by the Puget Sound where the tides rise and fall twice daily. And one day I found myself sitting on the shore, talking with God about my concerns. Um, there you also 
during your day, you have to remember that he is a friend and he wants to help you and be with you. So, you know, you can't just be like, you know, talk to him in the morning and, you know, when you, that's the food, you know, talk to him about all your concerns throughout the day if something happens. Talk to him about what's happening and what's troubling you because he's there to help and he wants to help you. I stopped talking for a while and as I sat in stillness and thought was the thought was impressed upon me that the tides fall and rise with such precise regularity that accurate tide tables can be printed for hundreds of years forward or backward. I realized that God was dependable and that when we leave him in charge we never he never misses a beat. Peace rose like a tide in my heart as I clung to the God who holds all nature under his control. For those who will pause and prayerfully look at the wonders of nature, the handwriting of nature's God will be readable and instructive. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Psalms 8 verse 3 and 4. That was in the New International Version. Now, I can also relate to what he is saying there. He is saying that we just have to, um, as he was impressed by nature, I have been impressed by nature too. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling kind of distressed, um, with all the things that are happening and that, you know, I might not make it to heaven and stuff like that. And me and mum were out taking photos of birds and there was this tawny grass bird, which is normally kind of like hard to then they're really shy. They don't like being out when humans are around. And this bird just stayed in front, pretty close, probably within three meters, just sitting there, just chirping and talking. And he was really out in the open. And Mum and I both think that that was God's way of saying, "Hey, you know, I'm here. I can, um, you know, I want to help. I'm here to comfort you and just spend time with you." Um, and it was really, you could feel God was there. It was like there was this weird sense that he was just there, just giving, you know, peace to you. And I was really thankful for that. Um, the next one we're going to have a look at is providential circumstances. Sometimes God communicates to us through situations and circumstances. A few years ago, Margie was trying to decide if it were in God's plan for her to go back to college. Now, Margie in the story is, or in this book, is Lee Vendon's wife. So that's who um, he's talking about there. Tuition for the class she was interested was $300. Now, he lives in America, so that's going to be more expensive than Australian. Our finances were very tight. And we asked God to indicate his will by providing the money if she 
was to take the class. We came down to the final week of registration without having come up with any extra money and had almost concluded that Margie wasn't meant to take the class. Three days before registration ended, we received a $230 overpayment refund from our mortgage company. That was encouraging, but we were still $70 short. On the final morning of registration, God's message to Margie came in the form of a $100 check in the mail, sent by friends who said they had been impressed to give it to us, though they had no idea what it was needed for. We noted that the $330 total we had received was received gave us that uh, gave us what we needed for tuition while leaving enough to return tithes to God, who sent it and had shown us that He was guiding our lives. Proverbs twenty-one one says, "The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord; He directs it like a watercourse wherever it pleases." That was in the New International Version. The same Lord who directs in the affairs of nations notes when a sparrow falls in its nest. It says to look up Matthew 10.29. I have my Bible here, so I shall look that up. That is Matthew 10.29, if you want to look that up yourself. Matthew 10.29. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? That was in the New King James Version. And will certainly guide you as well. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That was Proverbs 3.6 New King James Version. I have never had something like that happen to me yet. Um, but it's... I'm not sure, I don't really know anyone who it has happened to before. Um, but I know that he will provide if it is his will. And that if he thinks that it's fit for us, whatever it is that we need the money for, he will supply it for us. And that's not to say that all the time it will be yes, we just have to remember and trust in him that it may be a yes, a no, or wait a while. And we just have to trust in him that he, he you know, looks after a sparrow and he knows the hairs on our heads. So surely we should just put as much faith as we can or as much faith as what we have into trusting him. The next um, one we're going to read is music. Many times I have heard God speaking to my heart or need through music. I will find myself humming a song whose lyrics contain a message perfectly matched to a situation or need in my life. The songs are not always sacred songs. One day, while desperate for counsel, I found myself singing a carpenter's song that says, Let me be the one you run to. Let me be the one you come to. When you need someone to turn to, let me be the one. It slowed me down 
and turned my heart toward Jesus. On another occasion, after coming back from talking about the matchless charms of Jesus with a small group of fellow Christians, I found myself humming. I love to tell the story. As I contemplated the words, I was moved by the appropriateness of their message. I love to tell the story, for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory, I sing the new, new song, twill be the old, old story that I have loved so long. Other times such songs come through the radio or my own CD. As I listened to Christian music, I was able to share them just now because I had written them down in my journal and later found them, though I had already forgotten the the experiences. He has put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see the and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Psalms 40 verse 3, that was in the New International Version. I have had something like that happen to me before. Sometimes after I'm finishing my worship, I'll end up being, um, humming in my head, happiness is to know the Saviour. And it just, you know, you kind of think that's so, you know, true right now, you know, you know, because you've just had time with Jesus and you never feel happier, you know, because Jesus is like fresh and new within you and you kind of get born again. And so it's really like just amazing to feel. And other times you'll just be something will ha- be happening and he'll just put a song in your head and you're just like, man, where did that come from? And you'll just really, you know, and you're like, God really put that into, you know, your brain or my brain. Um, the next one we're going to read is through, is called People. God often communicates to us through Christian friends, those who meet regularly with the body of Christ, at church or in home, Bible fellowships, know how constantly they gather, meet in due season. While studying, praying or sharing with other believers, all Christians have stories to tell of how God spoke to them through a friend's visit, phone call, letter or note. Three days ago, I was concluding a week full of disappointments. It was a very slow time for me and I wondered how I would pull through. I kept asking God for affirmation and encouragement, but somehow I just couldn't seem to rise above the gloom and depression. Then I returned to my office after lunch and found two letters written by Christian friends who knew nothing of my discouragement, but who couldn't have given more specially needed encouragement. I was extremely touched by God's kindness in prompting those notes, and I thanked him profusely, but that wasn't the end. Later in the afternoon, I received an exceptionally encouraging email. When I got home that evening, Margie handed me another encouraging card that had been delivered to our mailbox. As if it hadn't been enough, God arranged for a group of friends to bring special encouragement to us the next morning. I guess to make good and sure that we were all well out of the mud. His message came through loud and clear. Not only will God send you messages and encouragement through Christian friends, he will also speak to others through you. Each one should use whatever gift he has to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. 1 Peter 4.10 um, I think that I think that um, I'm sure we could all kind of have had something like that. You know, you'll just be 
just someone will say something or, you know, mention something and you kind of, it just makes you feel better and, you know, encouraged. Um, We just have to, you know, listen out and tune in for it. We've only got a couple left here. Um, we got inspired reading, scripture, and thoughts and impressions. All this reading's making me thirsty. In order for God to make us use this method of communication, it is helpful if you regularly read books and articles by Christian writers. Sometimes you will be amused by how pointedly God will speak to your situation. Sometimes you will be amazed. A few weeks ago I was feeling as though it was past time for me to move to a new location of ministry. It seemed to me that my work in this pastorate had reached a point of wheel spinning without much forward motion. I had told the Lord as much in prayer that morning, and then picked up, ma- picked up, imagine meeting him by Robert Rasmussen. I opened to my bookmark and read an, and an imagined letter from a disciple in Jerusalem writing to a friend about the futility of waiting in Jerusalem. As Jesus had instructed, following his resurrection, he complained that they had exhausted their effectiveness in that city and speculated that remaining there seemed counterproductive to the Gospel Commission. I chuckled to myself about the similarities to this piece of writing and my own prayers of that very morning. The letter continued to mirror my thoughts and feelings to its conclusion, and then I read the P.S. My friend, please disregard the above letter. I could not have been more wrong about waiting. Today was Pentecost, and I am glad that I am not in charge. Whoa! I thought. Talk about receiving meat in due season. It hardly gets more relevant than that. Once again, God had met with me where I was and offered me just the sort of encouragement I needed to continue in the journey. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Proverbs twenty-five eleven. Have you read any? Good books lately? Well, I can tell you one good book I've been reading. It's All About Him by Lee Vanden. Um, now, while I've been reading this book, i found uh, a lot of things that really have been speaking to me and have encouraged me. Um, it's been really good that, you know, I've read this, I've, well, I've read this book and I am still reading and how relevant some of it is and how much um, encouragement it actually gives you to keep going on um, it's really um, quite a interesting experience to how um, relevant some of the stuff can be last two um, scripture Probably the most dependable means for hearing God's voice is daily reading in His Word. Through His Word, the Holy Spirit teaches, rebukes, encourages, and inspires us with messages from heaven. A current example from my life comes out of the discouraging circumstances I referred to earlier. 
During the two-week span, it seemed our family received more knockdowns and incentives to discouragement than we had known in the past ten years combined. In the midst of battle, I sat down for some quiet time with God. I had been reading through the New Testament and happened to be in Second Corinthians at the time. As I read chapter 4 that morning, the message from God was unmistakable. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are washing away. Uh, sorry, wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For that, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Verses eight to eighteen of Second Corinthians chapter four. I could have missed that wonderful word of encouragement if I were not in the custom of reading from God's word on a daily basis. If you take time to open its pages regularly, you also will find messages from heaven that seem as if they had been sent 2,000 years ago to your address. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Psalms 119 verse 105 in the New International Version. Now, I can actually relate to that one too. Um, on Saturday morning, I couldn't find It's All About Him, so I decided to read in the Bible. So I started in Matthew chapter 1, and I was reading about um, Jesus' birth. And I got halfway through, and then there was a little, um, a little point that said, you know, look in Isaiah. Um, and so I flipped over to Isaiah, and it was talking about how... Um, Jesus went to get crucified um, like a lamb to the slaughter. And how he didn't open his mouth. He didn't, you know, just rattle off, oh, you know, you're so, you know, you're not coming to heaven, whatever, you know. He just went peacefully, quietly, you know, just straight to um, what he knew would be certain death. But he did it because he knew that we were going to have him in heaven. Um, that we were going to be there in heaven to spend all um, our time with him. And to um, have the joy that he um, has experienced and that he wanted us to have. So um, it was really like God definitely um, sent me over into Isaiah. Now, the last one, thoughts and impressions. Now, thoughts and impressions are probably the most um, probably the most common one that you'll get. If you don't just fire off a prayer monologue and then run off to work, you may often find God speaking to you through thoughts and impressions in your mind as you wait quietly before him. One morning during my prayer time, I said, Lord, I really want to commune with you. I want to know your voice like a sheep, know the voice of the shepherd. So I'm going to try to listen and I'm asking that you control my mind and enable to me to hear you through the impressions and thoughts that you place in my head. I told him that I was going to write down what 
ever thoughts come into my mind and that I would assume that my thinking had been directed by him. I tried it and there was no discernible thought to write. I remained quietly on my knees with my eyes closed, waiting. Finally I said, well Lord, either you aren't choosing to communicate or you're done. So I guess I'll say amen and go on my way. The next morning I tried again. And this time I felt the impression pray for your friend Carrie. When that happened I said, where did that thought come from? I haven't thought of Carrie for more than 10 years. But I wrote it down and dated the journal entry. It was just a thought. I didn't hear an audible voice. Two months later I received a phone call from Carrie who told me that his wife had nearly been killed in a horse accident. She had been in hospital for weeks. I asked him when the accident had occurred and began skimming through my journal looking for the impression that had come to me. It was the same day that I had received the thought, pray for your friend Carrie, that was exciting to me. It told me I hadn't been confused. The impression had been from Jesus. I had taken the time to listen and in the quiet, he had communicated with me. Since then, I've tried listening a whole lot more. Sometimes I get several impressions in one morning. Sometimes I get none. But I always try to write them down. One morning, I received the impression to take Bob out for breakfast. I said, Lord, I don't know how, I don't know what I would talk about with that person. The next thought or impression that came to my mind was, I will show you that, what to say. And I will, wait, I will, pardon me, I will show you when. You just take him to breakfast. I called the person that afternoon and said, can I take you to breakfast tomorrow morning? He said, why sure, that would be nice. So we went to breakfast and as I looked across the restaurant table, I silently said, Lord, you said you'd let me know what to say and when to say it. Please do. I'm waiting. Abruptly. Bob made a major shift in the conversation and jumped right to place where it was appropriate for me to talk to him about his relationship with Jesus. I didn't initiate it. At that moment, I felt a chill going, go down my spine. It was as if my angel whispered, Now, I'm not claiming the gift of prophecy here. This is nothing spectacular. This is nearly bread and butter stuff that any one of us can experience if we We'll just slide down long enough to listen for his voice. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. And he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. John ten three and 4 I want to encourage you to listen to the Father. He wants to talk with you. Jesus will communicate with you wherever you pray. Sorry, whenever you pray, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. If you just listen to his voice... He loves talking with his friend. Now, this is the one that I've experienced most. Um, I, um, a couple of times in the last week, I've prayed and just said, God, you know, take over my mind, tune in to listen to what you have to say. And I've just sat there being quiet. And one day I was told to, or the thought came into my head that I should pray for a friend. Um, just like Lee was talking about, I should pray for a friend about, Mm, pretty much nothing he just said you know pray for your friend and so I pray for my friend 
Don't know why, I probably never will know why, but God just said pray for my friend and I did it. Um, and then he also told me um, to look up a verse. In fact, I'll read the verse for you now. He said to look up Matthew 4, 17. And that says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he told me also to look up. Let me just find it. Uh, Bear with me here. The book of Ephesians has run away. Um, let me see if I can remember. Okay, so Ephesians six seventeen, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He told me to look that up, and he also told me to make a video with all the bird footage and nature footage I have collected over the last couple of months, and to put that to some nice just piano music. Um just some hymns and to put bible verses in there and so i started that last saturday and i um am hoping that it will somehow change someone's life i don't know how or if it will um i'm just hoping that somehow it will impact somebody um thank you to thank you for listening to um anchored faith um my first ever podcast i hope it um, helped you in some way, um, and I hope that you enjoyed it and you continue to listen to the coming podcasts. Um, I'm trying to get some special guests to join me. Um, possibly, um, my sister. Um, she's hopefully going to join me possibly in the coming episodes and. My mum or my dad or my granddad even. Um, I hope you enjoyed and and uh, I think I'm just going to end with a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that you've given me the privilege of making this podcast. Um, I don't know what you want me to do with it, but um, I hope that will go to your work. Help the people who. Um, have listened to this is to be impacted and to find a new love for you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next time on the Anchored Faith podcast. Thank you for listening.